Paul and Bob, will you guys come on up? I've asked uh, Paul and Bob to help me um, uh, do a little something up here. Uh, for those of you who um, uh, time my sermons, uh, I'd ask that you don't start timing the sermon yet because this is just an add-on for you. So, no, that's just a joke. Uh, let's have Paul stand over here, and Bob, you can uh, sort of stay where you are-ish. Um, there's a picture on here or something on here, and I'm going to show it to you and want you to just uh, uh, tell me what you see, okay? I'll let you look at it for a couple of... Uh, oh, you, you good now? <laughs> you ready? Okay, good. All right, no. All right, just uh, look at it for. Don't make sure you don't show them. Mm-hmm. Well, I see a, uh, I see a sailboat that's here um, out of the water. Okay. I see another one that's that's here in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, I see another boat. It's not a sailboat, but it's in the water. You must really like boats. I do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, I also like fishing. Hmm. And um, I also see a, a boy holding another sailboat. Hmm. Okay. Good. Thank you. Um, uh, would you uh, tell us um, tell us what you see when you look at this? Way too many kids. Way too many kids. <laughs> they were at a park. At a park. Uh, you know, it's a sunny day, trees, you know, everybody looks like they're having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a fun day at the park. And what are some of the kids on or doing there that you see? Oh, they're sliding. Mm-hmm. Swinging on swings and playing in the water. Mm-hmm. Merry-go-round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy's got a purse over here. I don't know what that's all about. But mm-hmm. A boy has a purse over there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sitting on the bench. Okay. Old people sitting on the bench. That's what I like to do. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Would you give these two guys a hand? So if you were just uh, listening to them, uh, when you listened to Paul first, uh, you probably had a certain image in your brain, right? certain picture of something in your head. And then when you listened to Bob uh, just moments after that, you probably had a slightly different picture in your brain, a bigger picture in your brain. And so I just want you to think about that. That's uh, basically what's happening in Jeremiah chapter 23. Uh, We have this group of people uh, that live at the time of Jeremiah. And um, what they've done is they've basically kind of zoomed in on a a particular aspect of who God is and how God works and how we should respond to him. Um, uh, They would be called the false prophets. That's what we'd call them today. Uh, To be clear, in the Old Testament, oh, by the way, you can start timing the sermon now if you'd like to. Uh, um, (laughs) um, uh, uh, In the Old Testament, the the term false prophets never actually occurs. Uh, That's only a New Testament term. Uh, But in the Old Testament, we'll just call them a group of prophets who is wrong or semi-wrong. And that's, uh, that's this one group here. And then we get Jeremiah who comes along and he's basically given a bigger picture to relay to the people. Uh, God tells him, hey, here's a fuller picture, a bigger picture of who God is, and I want you to communicate this bigger picture to the people of God. Uh, So what we're going to do is uh, look at three things that kind of divide uh, these two groups, and uh, and then we'll kind of wrestle with it a little bit and, and think about like, who do we actually listen to, right? Because it's important who we are listening to uh, or how we are listening because it affects the picture of God that we get in our head and the picture of God that we get in our hearts. So this is really, a, in my view, a, a massively important illustration and, and concept for us to be considering today. Um, the, the, the three different things that kind of divide them are, are these three things. Uh, over here, we've got the, the, the false prophets, the prophets who, uh, who have a, a certain view of, of what God's going to do in the future. Uh, 
And I don't know if you caught it uh, there in Jeremiah 23, but, but Jeremiah tells us that this group of, of prophets are saying, it will be well with you. Um, you will have peace. Uh, they say things like, nothing bad will happen to you. Um, and the reason that they are saying those things is because, um, well, there's primary th primarily three reasons. Uh, God made a, a promise to a guy named David and said, hey, David, your throne will last forever. And David's throne is in Jerusalem. Uh, hey, David, uh, somebody from your family is going to be king over all people for all time. And so because they know that, they just have this confidence, this, uh, this, this level of, of certainty that, that God would never let anything come and destroy their precious city of Jerusalem. Um, they also know that God has, has presenced himself in the temple. We'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, but they believed that in the temple, God was truly present. And so God would never allow anybody else or anything else to come in and destroy his home. Uh, there's also kind of a, a survival of the fittest thing going on uh, at this time in history. Um, the, the northern kingdom of the people of God has been completely wiped out and destroyed. And so um, uh, the kingdom of Judah, Jerusalem, and the temple, they're all still there. And so they kind of puff out their chest and they say, see, God loves us, right? We're still here. God came and rescued us from the, from the Babylonian nation. So clearly he loves us and we are good to go. And so they just take that and what are they doing? They're, they're zooming in on just a piece of the picture of who God is and what God does. Uh, Paul was actually only looking at the bottom right-hand corner of that picture. And there's a little pond, and there's four little sailboats around that pond. And that's what the prophets here are doing. They, they've zoomed in on just one piece of who God is, and they've elevated it as the truth about who God is, what God does, and how people should respond. And poor Jeremiah has to come along and say, Hey, uh, we know that God loves us unconditionally. But that also means that he loves us too much to leave us where we are. And so sometimes he might stir up trouble for us to, 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 to help us stop doing things that are bad for us and, and to help us grow in our faith and our trust in him. Uh, Jeremiah comes along and he says, yes, we have a God that has great plans for our future. He wants to build up and he wants to plant. But he also is a God who destroys and overthrows and tears down. Do you see how Jeremiah paints a bigger picture for the people of God. Uh, another thing uh, that divides these uh, two groups is where God is. Um, the, the, the prophetic group over here, these group of prophets, uh, uh, they are saying that, that God is, is only nearby, uh, that God is at hand is the language that we see there in, uh, in chapter 23. Um, and so the, the reason they believe that is, uh, is 2 Samuel chapter 7. This is where Solomon uh, is about ready to orchestrate the, the first worship service in the new temple. And, and what happens is this, 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 this great big cloud comes down and descends uh, on the temple, and it just kind of rests there for a while. And Solomon and the people of God rightly understood that that cloud was the presence of God. So God actually presenced himself in a tangible way over the temple before any worship service was able to be held. And so they knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was truly present in that temple. God is nearby. He's right here in Jerusalem. He loves us in Jerusalem. And just see this, what they really mean by that is he loves us, but not them. He's present here, but he's not present over there. He loves us in Jerusalem as the people of God, but he doesn't love those Babylonians. 
Um, they kind of had a view that God was nearby, but he wasn't far off. He's just right here. And Jeremiah comes along and says, well, no, um, God is both nearby and far off. He loves us in Jerusalem. He also loves the Babylonians. He's the God of us in Jerusalem, but he's also the God of the Babylonians. He's God everywhere. Um, nearby and far off. Uh, the, the third thing that, that divides the two groups uh, is what God sees. Um, uh, this one's a little bit tricky, but, but it seems like th this group of prophets over here were, were basically saying that you can hide from God. Now, they weren't so bold as to say that with their mouth. Uh, they always said the right thing with their mouth. Um, but they didn't always, and most of the time, didn't do the right thing with their lives. They would say the right thing, but not do the right types of things. Uh, they wanted to put up a good front with their speech. They wanted to say the right types of things so they would be impressive to people around them. But, but, uh, but Jeremiah 23 says that they are evil and that they wanted to benefit people that wanted to do evil and that they themselves wanted to do evil to people around them. Um, they had no moral boundaries. They had no ethical limits. Uh, whatever would benefit them best, no matter the effect it had on other people, they would just plow through and do it. They say the right things, but they don't do the right things. And what they're basically saying is you can hide from God. And Jeremiah comes along and he paints that bigger picture. He, he gives the bigger picture and he says, well, God uh, actually fills all of heaven and God fills all of earth. In other words, he sees everything. And yes, he wants us to say the right types of things, but he also wants us to do the right things. He wants our actions and our words to match up. Um, he wants us to, uh, uh, to be the type of people that, that, that try to care and take care of people around us. Jeremiah paints a bigger picture of who God is and what God does and how we should respond. Uh, a couple of observations about these, uh, these three things here. Just leave it on that slide for, for a couple of minutes. Um, I really believe that, that this group of, of prophets, um, they weren't trying to deceive the people. Um, I, I know Paul, I love Paul, and he is a little bit tricky sometimes, but I don't think he would intentionally try to deceive all of you about what's on this picture. I actually asked him to do it. <laughs> Um, and I don't think that the false prophets, for the most part, are trying to deceive the people. What they've done is they've just zoomed in on, on a particular aspect of who God is and what God does and how we should respond, and they lift that up as the truth. Do you see how we might struggle with this today? How the church body corporate in the world might struggle with this today? Um, do you see how all of a sudden it gets really difficult to know like whose voice you should listen to? Um, I don't think that they're, they're, they're wrong, right, in saying that God desires for us to have peace. But there's that bigger picture that God also might bring trouble into our life or allows trouble. Uh, they're not wrong in, in, in saying that God is nearby, but God is also far off. Um, they're not wrong in saying that God wants us to say the right things, but he also wants us to do the right things. 
So um, we've just got to pay attention to the fact that these, uh, th these, these prophets um, weren't necessarily trying to lead the people astray. They're just zoomed in on, on too small of a portion of the picture. And, and then the other thing that, that uh, I think is really important for us to wrestle with is, is that we maybe um, still wrestle with some of these things today. Um, uh, sometimes uh, people uh, or churches might say, everybody gets into heaven. It doesn't matter what you believe or what you don't believe. It doesn't matter what you do or don't do. Everybody gets in. And then there's other churches that say Jesus and a relationship with him is the way and the truth and the life. There's no other way to the Father except through Jesus. Um, you might hear things today uh, that say God loves us and blesses us in America but he doesn't love and he won't bless those other countries. Um, you might hear people say um, God is only far off. He created everything and he put everything in motion, but we're basically on our own. And there's a lot bigger picture about who God loves and there's a lot bigger picture about where God is. Um... We might hear people say, anything goes. Um, Whatever is best for you, just do it. Just try it. And then there's other voices that say, well, we should do our best to know what God's will and desire is for our life and do that. Um, this is a terribly difficult and kind of heavy topic. Um, because... How do we know what to listen to? How do we know if we should listen to Paul or Bob? <laughs> um, how do we know if we should listen to that group and that church and that pastor or this group and that church and that pastor? So, so I just want to give you three options here, and they all are kind of trying to, to play on, on, on this paper. Um, uh, one option uh, to, to do is uh, to say, I don't know and don't care. Um, you just kind of blow it off. Um, you may or may not know that it's there, but you just kind of say, ah, whatever, and you walk away, and you don't want to listen to anybody talking about it. Uh, you don't want to uh, check it out for yourself. You just don't know and don't care. That's absolutely an option for us when we think about trying to know who God is and, and what he does and how we should respond. Um, <laughs> to be clear, I don't think it's a good option. Uh, not even remotely. Uh, my experience, my personal experience has been uh, that, that uh, the, the, the hardest and most difficult seasons in my own life are, are those seasons when I'm furthest from God. Uh, scripture would tell us that uh, there's no life apart from God. So to take the first option and say, don't know, don't care, um, I, I don't think will lead you into the most fulfilling, uh, fruitful life that you could have. A second option, uh, I put it nicely on the slide, is to sit and listen. Um, but it's basically to do what you're doing right now, uh, to come in here once a week, sit on your butt, and listen to somebody else tell you about who God is and what God does and how you should respond. And, and you're laughing and you're smiling because you know that it's true that we too often settle for that as the best option. Um, you're, and, and we and, and I are, are, are too often content to just let somebody else look at the picture and tell you what is in there. 
uh, pretty interesting, and I hope that this changes. Um, even after this, only one person in first service actually walked forward and looked at that paper after uh, our first worship time. Super interesting. Um, we're just so content to let other people tell us what is there. We're so content to let other people uh, open up God's word and say, here's what's most true about God. Uh, we know that that doesn't work, right? Historically, we know it doesn't work. Uh, it didn't work at the time of Jeremiah because there's this whole group of people, I mean, just this unified group of people that have zoomed in on the bottom right corner of the picture of who God is and what God does and how you should respond, and they've lifted it up as the truth. And so God breaks into history and he sends this guy named Jeremiah to give a bigger picture. Uh, here's the Reformation connection, right? 500 years ago, there was this big group united, uh, and, and, they, and what they had done is, is they zoomed in on a particular aspect of who God is and what God does and how they should respond. Um, God's word, uh, the Bible, was very limited. There was only few people that could actually read the thing. And, uh, and so those people kind of uh, just, you know, they weren't trying to be deceitful. They just lifted up this small portion of who God is and what he does. And they said, this is what's most true. And then what God did is he broke through in history and he sent this guy named Martin Luther. And Martin Luther began to read God's word in its entirety. And he said, you know what? There's a bigger picture of who God is here. And I believe that God will break through in our lives as well um, and give us that bigger picture, that he desires to give us that bigger picture of who he is and what he does. Um, go ahead and put up the next one. The, the third option then is to actually get up off your butt and walk forward and look at the picture. Um, this is such a beautiful time that we live in. 500 years ago, right, there, there wasn't God's word in everybody's hands. Now it's a household book. Um, so, so when we talk about getting up and looking and, 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 and looking at the picture for yourself, I'm kind of thinking in two different directions. And to be clear, and I'll, I'll talk about this, neither one is, is easy, um, but this is the best option. Uh, one way that we get up and look is we have communication with God. Now, I didn't say prayer with God because we too often turn prayer into a monologue, uh, meaning, hey, God, I'm going to tell you all the things that are on my heart. I'm going to tell you all the things that I want you to know, and then amen. Right? Uh, where communication with God is a bit different. Communication comes and says, hey, God, uh, I'm wrestling with these things right now. Will you tell me what you think about those things? And then we actually close our mouths and listen. Um, hey, God, I, I, I'm here. I, I just want to hear what you have to say to me today. Um, communication with God. It's another way, right, that we get to get up out of our chairs and come forward and actually listen. Um, look at the picture. And then the other way, of course, is to uh, dive in uh, to Scripture for yourself uh, to stop relying on your pastor or your small group leader to tell you what God's word says, uh, to stop relying on your pastor and your small group leader to, to tell you um, who God is and what he does, and to actually read the thing for yourself. Um, and, and to just on a regular daily basis uh, get into the counsel of God. Uh, did you catch that? Jeremiah said it twice. Uh, verses 18 and, uh, and 22, I think, uh, is where it was. Let me get there. Uh, God says, who has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word? 22, if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words. Uh, 
listening in prayer and opening God's word is how we stand in the counsel of God and get to see the big picture of who God is. Now, now to be clear, um, neither one of those are easy per se. Uh, you heard Bob, right? I don't understand why that kid has a, has a purse next to him. <laughs> uh, sometimes we'll open up God's word and there'll be things there that we just don't fully understand. Uh, I still open up God's word and there's verses and chapters and whole books that I'm like, I don't really understand what that means, that I don't really understand or even like that thing about God in that particular section. And I just want you to hear, like, that's okay. Uh, because what you're doing is you're looking at that fuller picture and you're getting that bigger picture of who God is and you're wrestling with, hey, God, who are you and what do you actually do? At the same time, you might go to God in communication with him and, uh, and he might reveal something to your heart that you don't fully understand in the moment. Um, uh, three months ago, God put a particular word on my heart when I was uh, out there, when I could. I, it was the, the last hike that I did before I, uh, uh, before I got injured. And, uh, and God put a particular word on my heart that was incredibly freeing. It was a word of grace, and it, and it just kind of lifted the weight off my shoulders. And, uh, and I thought that was just a word for that moment. And then as time went on, I realized that what actually had a bigger story to it. And God intended a lot more there than I thought. And just on Friday, um, uh, Krista, in our celebratory lunch uh, meal, um, spoke, a, spoke a word uh, that she thought, you know, kind of defined me, and, uh, and I thought, that doesn't define me. And then an hour later, somebody texted the exact same word to me. And so I've been going to God, and I've been saying, hey, God, what's up with that? What does that word mean? What, what does that mean about me? Is that a word from you, or is that just kind of random? Random chance. Um, sometimes we might go and have a conversation with God and not everything will be super clear, but you'll see a bigger picture. Um, my absolute biggest hope for you today is that you would be the type of people that would get off your butts and get out of your chair and come and look at the picture. Um, that you'd be in prayerful communication and that you would be opening up God's word on a regular basis. Uh, my second, but no lesser goal for you, is that you would again just kind of consider Jesus and the type of Jesus that we have. Because uh, as I look at these options, um, uh, I, I think about a Jesus who doesn't know and doesn't care about me. And that's not the Jesus that I know. And then I think about a Jesus who um, knows that I'm up there, but he keeps a distance and he stays in his seat and I'm just kind of on my own and that's not the Jesus that I know. The Jesus that I know is a Jesus who gets out of his chair and comes and picks me up and looks at me and loves what he sees and holds me close and carries me with him wherever he goes uh, so that I might have a fuller and fuller understanding of him. That's the Jesus that I know. And so I hope um, that we can embrace that type of spirit and relationship uh, that he longs to have with you. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we, uh, we thank you so much for, uh, for coming to us, uh, for, for showing us the, the fullness of God. Uh, for revealing to us um, who you are and how you work. 
and, uh, and how we might respond. Uh, I ask uh, that you would um, give us the time and the energy, uh, the courage to uh, be people that get up and come and look, um, that we look at the picture uh, for ourselves, that we consider more and more who you are, um, and that you would continue to reveal uh, more and more about the depths of who you are and your love for us and for the world. Uh, Lord Jesus, we, uh, we thank you uh, for showing us, and we thank you for holding us tight. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen.